All right, welcome. Uh, we've switched the microphone, so hopefully the audio is a little better for the sermon. Um, thank you for your patience as we um, adjust to doing church live stream. It uh, actually has surprised me that over the past couple of weeks, how much more work I've been putting in uh, because we're learning how to do church in a whole new way. Uh, but we wanted to continue with the Emotional Healthy Community series. We only had a few weeks left and we chose to uh, continue through the end of this series because we thought it was important. All of the principles that we're talking about in this series really apply now when we're in an emotionally um, stressful time because of the coronavirus and the uh, quarantine and all the other changes that are happening. And so this will be the, the, the final message of that series. Um, the Bible says that, and this is really one of the primary verses we're basing the series on, is that, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. No? Uh, be preserved blameless. It didn't switch? Okay, maybe you need to wait. <sighs> Is the solid blue light on? Okay, we will go with the built-in microphone. Hopefully it will work fine. <clears throat> um, one more check, is it coming through? My talking, is it coming through? Hello, hello. Bill, is it coming through? Yeah, all right. So, now the, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and sanctify all of this technological stuff. And may your whole soul... Uh, spirit and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's really the, the, the biblical basis, the uh, theme verse for this series, and that we need to be uh, whole in every aspect of our being, our, our spirit, our soul, as well as our, our body. And that's, that's something God takes personally. He does it himself. Um, and our spiritual maturity and our emotional maturity are really linked we can't think that we're more spiritually mature than how we are living and behaving emotionally. There's an inseparable link. And God's intention is that we grow and mature both spiritually and emotionally. And God's in that a process of sanctification is God personally leading us into that uh, growth that he intends for us so that we can become more and more like Jesus Christ, who lived his life completely holy and without any fault whatsoever. So allowing God to deal with the hidden aspects of our lives is a big part of what this series has been attempting to address. Our past hurts, our, 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 our issues uh, from childhood, the things that we normally keep hidden, uh, letting God go deeper, and in us personally, taking the time to dig deeper into our emotional past, into the things that uh, motivate us in the present, and then taking those to the Lord and seeing spiritual growth as well as emotional growth. So we've talked about seven principles of emotional healthy community. The first was looking beneath the surface. The second was learning to live in brokenness and vulnerability. I thought it was a great message on that. Breaking the power of the past was the next uh, topic. 
And then we looked at receiving the gift of limits, incarnational model for living, and talked about that. I think it was, uh, uh, that was the last one I did, is living uh, uh, incarnationally. And then uh, Kathy Spaulding spoke a great message on embracing grieving and loss and understanding the effect that grieving has in our emotional and spiritual growth. And then today, I'm going to end the series with slow down and live with integrity. Slow down and live with integrity. Pastor Mark and I were talking earlier this week that when we planned out this series, we had no idea that everyone would be forced into a season of major slowing down as we're quarantined to stay home, stay safe. Uh, For many of us, that has meant a complete change of our routine and um, uh, the level of busyness. But I think the principles still apply, and I hope that um, uh, we can apply the principles from this message even during this quarantine time. Uh, It gives us an opportunity to reevaluate how we occupy our time and what we use to fill our time and the important idea of uh, slowing down and living with integrity is that too often we allow busyness to overcome our life and we can't live genuine lives because we're just stretched too thin. And this world is filled with distractions and I would say even with the quarantine and uh, being forced to spend much more time at home for many people, there's still so many distractions that are uh, at our fingertips with the internet and, and, and Facebook and uh, Netflix and, and all of the news report. We're still prone to be consumed with busyness rather than learning how to slow down our life and pace our life in a way that we can live to the greatest degree of integrity, of wholesomeness, and the righteousness that God has called us to. So we're going to dig into this uh, topic and see the biblical basis for it. And we're going to go all the way back to the Ten Commandments. And this is the, ten, uh, the, the commandment found in Exodus. Um, Exodus 28-11 through 11, regarding the Sabbath day. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant nor your female servant, nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So that's the the commandment concerning the Sabbath as recorded in Exodus. I'm now going to read uh, the same commandment from the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy was also written uh, by Moses. Actually, Deuteronomy is a record of uh, either a a sermon that Moses spoke or a series of times where he stood and addressed the Israelites shortly before um, he passed on. It was at the end of his life. And he was recalling in Deuteronomy the, the things that God had did. And this is a restating 
of the Ten Commandments. And so and the wording is a little different, and it's important. We're going to highlight the difference uh, intentionally here. So as recorded in Deuteronomy, it says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So uh, the day of rest is one of the Ten Commandments. Let's stop and think about that for a minute. It is as important to God as all of the other commands. So what are some of the other commands? Commands like, don't steal. Don't commit murder. Rest. God actually places rest at the level of importance of not killing someone and of acknowledging that he is the only God. You shall have no other gods before me. Right? And so this is a really high priority in God's top ten list, is that we are to take a day, we are to take time to rest. Um, in Exodus, it commemorates the creation. It says we do this because God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested, so we are to rest. And so having a time of rest or keeping a Sabbath they is a, uh, is a um, commemoration or it reminds us that we were created by our Heavenly Father, that we were made in His image. It is meant to cause us to pause and realize that we are to reflect His image, that we were formed by Him. And it also causes us to remember our place in creation, that we are called to rule creation, to, to manage what God has entrusted us uh, to us in a way that reflects his nature and his character. And those are powerful things. We need to stop and, and get our bearings as it is, instead of being caught up with the busyness of life. In Deuteronomy, though, it commemorates deliverance. It was, uh, it was that they, God had freed them from slavery, and because he had freed them from slavery by his powerful hands, that's why they celebrated the Sabbath. And so Sabbath, or times of rest, commemorates both creation, but it also commemorates uh, our freedom. And for the Christians, it is a celebration of our spiritual deliverance from the bondage of sin and the uh, penalty of death. And so when we rest as Christ followers, we are acknowledging our dependence on God's grace. It also powerfully communicates that work is not our master. Listen, most people live life as though their job is their, I mean, we have a boss, but Work is not to be the master of our life. Work, our work is not our ultimate purpose. 
And so taking a Sabbath, taking time to rest and reflect on God and and, and rest in in a biblical way is reorienting the priorities of your life to acknowledge that our our purpose is in relationship with Him and godly relationship with with others. Our our understanding of, 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 of our freedom from sin, our freedom from the bondage that we are held in and also understanding of our relationship with God and that we were created by Him to live in relationship with Him. Now Jesus also spoke about the Sabbath. He referred to it uh, numerous times, but here in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And in this story, Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees uh, for turning the Sabbath into a religious requirement. In fact, I've read the list of requirements or restrictions that people had based on the Pharisaical teachings. And they actually came up with a, the number of steps a person could walk uh, before it was considered uh, um, work. So they could walk, I forget what the number was. Uh, but it was 30 steps or 100 steps. It was uh, a certain distance. And what was funny was that um, as uh, communities spread, each community had a synagogue where they would go uh, for their Sabbath services to uh, read the Torah and to worship together. And some of them, in order to be able to uh, live where they wanted to live and, and be able to get to the synagogue, within the certain number of steps, they actually had to take really big steps. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> because in order to get there. And so they just said, they had, they had made it into a list of what not to do's instead of what it was meant to be, which was a time of rest, reflection, and relationship. And so the principle of having a day devoted to rest and our relationship with God and our relationships with one another is as important today as it ever has been. And we need to recalibrate our lives uh, uh, to keep this a priority. And during this time of quarantine, I think it's a, an opportunity. With every crisis, uh, we find uh, challenges, but we also find opportunities. And this is an opportunity for us to work on relationships that maybe have been challenging. Maybe take time, because you don't have to go to work, to dig deeper into your own uh, emotional and spiritual stuff and, and, and find ways that you can prioritize God and you can prioritize others in your life, uh, establishing deeper and better relationships with them. That's what Sabbath was meant to be. It isn't about which day of the week, which uh, still some people tend to argue about. It's rather about entering into the rest God has provided and entering into the rest that was um, a celebration of his, uh, his creating us in his image to be in relationship with him and to have a proper healthy relationship with others in creation and deliverance and freedom from sin and from bondage and our, our understanding that we're not created to work, we are created to live a life of love and live in relationship. Work is an important aspect of our life, but it's not our master. 
The book uh, that we're referencing, um, uh, Emotionally Healthy Churches by Peter Scazzaro, uh, says this, this is a quote from the book, says, cultivating an intentional life with our Lord Jesus requires intentionally focused time for silence, prayer, meditation on scripture, and reading. But we are surrounded by endless distractions and voices that call us away from sitting at the feet of Jesus. Yet it is our only hope for seeing through the illusions and pretense of our world and for providing leadership to those around us. Practicing Sabbath, practicing times of rest, requires intentionality. And it's a big, long word. It just means being purposeful, choosing, deciding what you're going to do, and then doing it consistently. Doing what? Taking rest. It's actually scheduling nothing. (laughs) Putting in your schedule rest or things that uh, uh, are restful to you. It's creating space and time for rest, recreation, and relationship. And, and by scheduling it, I mean actually scheduling it. And God worked it into the schedule of creation with the seventh day. And uh, again, that's another whole message as to um, uh, you know, which day of the week it is. I don't think it's about a day of the week. It's about our relationship and prioritizing time for rest. Another quote from the book says, when our life with God is not sufficient to, uh, to sustain our work for God, we too will find ourselves struggling with our integrity. In other words, when we get... Um, busy doing the things of God or even trying to live a Christian life, trying to uh, avoid destructive behaviors and sinful patterns, trying to do uh, life in a godly way, even just going to church and doing all the stuff that's associated with uh, Christian life. We can get so busy if if we're not going to God and being with God, and if we're not um, uh, relying on that nurture of a relationship with him, it actually can end up undermining our integrity. We're not able to sustain a life of integrity, a life of wholesomeness, a life of genuineness, because we run out of steam. Because the steam in our life that powers our life is meant to come from the relationship that we have with God. And we need to intentionally set aside time to nurture that and to develop that. Work for God that is not nourished by a deep interior life with God will eventually be contaminated. Our experiential sense of worth and validation gradually shifts from God's love for us in Christ to our works and performance. The joy of life with Christ slowly, almost imperceptibly, disappears. And unfortunately, um, I've experienced that to some degree myself, but I've also seen it, especially when someone gets newly saved, and they're just full of energy and love and just over-the-top emotional about everything that God has uh, just downloaded to them, but gradually they, they, that, that joy, that excitement withers. And it takes work to 
uh, not allow it to wither. Your life, you need to nurture, you need to tend the garden, your spiritual garden, so that it continues to grow. And uh, that has to be done intentionally. You need to have a deep interior life with God. And I, I, like, I like to use the term a well-worn path. When I was a uh, child, where I grew up was a, an amazing place. My parents owned um, uh, a small farm. We had lots of different types of animals and, 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 and uh, orchard and all that. But behind our property were hundreds of acres of woods. And my brothers and I would spend countless, countless days, literally, not just hours, um, uh, exploring those woods. And there were well-worn paths. And uh, I can still walk those paths in my mind today, even though it's been probably almost 15, 20 years since I actually walked any of them, because they're so ingrained. But the, the, the path... Stayed. It was there because it had been walked. It was a well-worn path. And so you need to have well-worn paths into God's presence. And this is why. Because when crisis happens, when, 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 if, if I was out in the woods and a storm came, I could run home without even thinking of the path. Because I knew the path. The path was clear. I knew how far it was before the next turn. I could run because I knew the way. In the same way, when crises happen in our lives, and they will happen, and there's one happening in the world today, we need to have a well-worn path that we can run into God's presence and find the place of peace and security for our life. That's what Sabbath is about. God's ultimate intention is that the other six days of work and activity become infused with the qualities of biblical Sabbath, which are stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplating Him. From this place of rest, our work is to flow. This is a quote from the Schizero book. And the idea here is that when we take a big chunk of time, a day a week, or a significant number of hours each week set aside for God, then it teaches us how to integrate the, the rest throughout every day so that we're always uh, working out of rest, okay? Because inside we have that connection with God. And uh, it's important to, un to understand the balance here as well in that um, I heard one uh, man I highly respect I've actually gotten to know him through uh, ministering in Mexico with the Kaleo ministry. He's one of the other teachers that they bring in, and I hope to have um, him here someday. He, he did this great teaching on the Sabbath, and he shared um, that the reason people that try to do a Sabbath don't get much out of it was because they're not actually working six days a week. And he challenged them... <laughs> He said, you know, if you're spending five, six hours a day uh, surfing the internet or watching movies, you're not really working six full days. And he said, uh, the balance here is to, to appreciate fully the benefits of Sabbath. You actually need to work six days. So there is inherent worth in work. Uh, a, a teaching on Sabbath is by no way diminishing the value and the importance of work. In fact, um, um, 
I have been told I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but a person who's studied Hebrew says, uh, told me once that the word for work and the word for worship in the Old Testament it can only be, it's basically the same word and they translate it by the context. In other words, in the Hebrew language, work and worship are so closely related, a, the word is a synonymous word. It means the same thing. And so worship is directed, when we take time, directed toward God, but work is taking time directed toward what we're called to do in our, our lives. So both are important. But Jesus <clears throat> said concerning rest in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, uh, he said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is very, very, very significant scripture. Uh, Jesus is, is speaking into this idea of rest and of Sabbath, and that Jesus is the source of our rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, the call to live out of rest that Jesus, the call of Christ to live out of rest that he purchased for us is on the cross. That's what Jesus was calling his people to. Come to me and I will give you rest. What rest? It was the rest that Jesus purchased on the cross. Hebrews, uh, really, the whole chapter 4 and that section of Hebrews goes into great depth explaining this principle. Um, I'm just going to quote a, a short portion of it. Uh, it says that, Therefore there remains a rest for the people of God. And, and when it uses the word rest there, it's talking about the Sabbath, because in the context it was talking about Sabbath. It says there remains a rest for the people of God. For he who has re entered his rest has himself also ceased from his work as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Okay, what Hebrews is talking about here is that we are to be diligent to enter into the rest that Jesus provides. And what rest is that? Is that we seek, uh, we cease from our works. We are saved by grace, not by works. All right? And this is what this is talking about. It's, this is a deeper level. There's, there's different levels of Sabbath. There's this taking time uh, off and, and, and rest. Physically, it's necessary. Intellectually, it's necessary. Emotionally, it's necessary. Spiritually, it's necessary to connect with God. But here we have, here we have the deeper understanding of what was uh, being foreshadowed for all those uh, years through the Old Testament of a weekly Sabbath is that Sabbath is actually fulfilled in what was accomplished on the cross by Jesus Christ. Why? Because we no longer enter into rest, into Sabbath, based on our works, but based on what Christ has done. All right, the cross, when Jesus Christ took upon his body the, the guilt and the shame and the penalty of our sin, that Jesus accomplished the work on the cross, 
that actually earned for us salvation and righteousness. It's when we follow Christ, we enter into true Sabbath. We have access to that deeper relationship with Jesus. We have freedom from the bondage of sin. We have a restoration of our identity of being created in the image of God. How? By taking a day off? No. By following Christ to the cross and accepting His payment on the cross as penalty for our sin. uh, That He took our shame. And if you're listening to me this morning and you've never come to the place where you've accepted Jesus' death on the cross as the payment for your sin, as the work that provides for you to have rest and for you to have forgiveness, you can do that right now. And during this time of crisis, if, if you're like me and most people that I've heard from, many people are, are, are fearful and are challenged and they're saying, you know, calling, there, there must be more. Listen, there is. There is a heavenly Father that has provided a way. Jesus Christ, His Son who came and died on the cross. And if we acknowledge that His death on the cross is payment for my sin and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. We don't need to understand it, but we need to confess it and believe it. We can have access to the freedom and the rest that is found only in following Jesus. So yes, we need to schedule time off to intentionally pursue God and intentionally pursue relationships with one another. But primarily, we need to understand that Christ is our Sabbath and enter into Christ by uh, living a life of faith. I wanted to give a few practical tips before I um, wrap up this morning uh, concerning Sabbath. And one is establishing a routine. And that is really one of the primary purposes of the commandment. God established a routine for his people that one day a week they prioritize rest, recreation, and relationship. I was in Israel uh, a couple of years ago, and I was fortunate to stay in a very nice resort on the Sabbath, and it was filled with um, local Hebrew families, Jewish families, because they would all come together um, in the room across the hall uh, in the hotel that I was staying in. That must have had 20 or 30, and I figured it out, uh, at first, I thought they were just having some kind of party. In the U.S., that's what you, it would be. It's like there's a bunch of college kids having a party. But they were, they, were, like, they were all the cousins. It was all the kids having a family reunion. And they just had a blast. You could just tell they squeezed as many kids in that hotel room as they could. And then we went down for dinner, and it was a, it was a Sabbath meal. And, and Sabbath starts uh, at sunset. And so they had cooked all day, and then they feasted. And it was the best food I think I've ever had. And there were large groups, uh, families, uh, huge groups, a whole family. There's a massive dining room in this resort. And the tables would be singing songs together and telling jokes. And it was all in Hebrew. I didn't understand it. Uh, But I saw firsthand how they continued to keep the Sabbath. So it establishes a routine. And during this time where where all of the routines of life have been turned upside down, 
This gives us an opportunity to start establishing new routines. Establishing routines in your life of seeking God, of spending time alone, of silence and meditation, of getting into God's Word, but also other uh, 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 routines that will build healthy relationship. Develop intimacy. Intimacy is only developed through uninterrupted time each day and or week to be fully present with one another. So uninterrupted time to be with God would be time spent in reading your Bible, time spent in, in, in prayer, time spent in just meditation, but also with your spouse. This transformed my marriage uh, about a decade ago when Kathy and I learned how to uh, take time, significant time, to just be with one another. It's, it's okay to watch a TV show together, but sometimes you just need to be with one another without any distractions. As well as with children and other uh, close family members. Uh, uh, take time, uninterrupted time, to connect. Maybe it's only a few minutes, uh, but as, if you're doing it consistently on a daily and weekly basis, that's how you develop intimacy, and, and, as well as with friends uh, and ourselves. So scheduling time and learning how to focus uh, uh, on another person, focus on God, or focus on my own personal needs is an important routine to establish in your life so that you can live a life that's uh, flowing out of rest. You continue to work, but you work from a place of rest. Um, and I encourage you to strive to find those routines during this time. Um, it also gives us, I think, this time of quarantine gives us opportunity to break habits that relationally isolate you. So what I mean by that is uh, identify uh, stressors, identify things that cause you stress either relationally or with your spouse, with your family, or maybe when you're by yourself, you know, there's time to say, this is what triggers me. And then ask God to reveal what's the source of that. How can you break the power of the past in that, in that, uh, in, in whatever is being triggered? Uh, this is all opportunity for us to dig deeper and find ways of growing spiritually and growing emotionally. Create new habits of rest, recreation, and relationship. In other words, uh, uh, make decisions, make a priority of establishing times where you're going to um, not only rest, but uh, do activities that energize you. Thankfully, we're still allowed to, to, if you like to jog, I don't know why anyone would. I've never been a jogger. <laughs> but I like to bicycle. I, I used to spend countless hours bicycling, now upgraded my... I now have a motorbike. It's a little easier. I still bicycle, though. I need to do it more. As well as uh, time for relationships. And accept this uh, time as a gift. And I know it's not a pleasant time. And yes, it's scary. People are dying from this. And we want to be in prayer. And we are fighting this. We are taking authority over the virus. Uh, and, and we're believing for the health of everyone. We're believing for breakthrough. But we also need to accept this time of change as a gift, uh, a, a, an opportunity to clear our lives and to start as much as you can in, in newness of life that comes through your restored relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, let's find ways to do things new. 
Um, just as we're finding ways to communicate in new ways, we can find ways to relate and have relationship in new ways. We can find ways to go uh, further and deeper in our relationship with God, our relationship with our family and friends, our, our children, our spouse, and ourselves. All of this is an expression of living uh, out of rest, living godly Sabbath principle in our, our life today. All right, Bill, Pastor Bill's going to come up and close the service. Thank you so much. God bless you.